Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, when we admit we need to be forgiven. Look what happens. This is the result for all of us. Confession restores our fellowship with God and man. See, I can't hold something in my heart against a person and expect to be in relationship with God. The vertical and the horizontal both require forgiveness from my heart. As hard as it sometimes may be to forgive someone, it's much harder to ask someone to forgive you. Your pride doesn't want to let you admit that you were wrong, even if what you did was clearly a bad thing. It takes an amazing amount of humility to take the first step in such a situation. You'll hear Pastor Mark teach about Joseph's brothers and their making that move to admitting the wrong that they had done, even though things turned out well. You'll learn more about the power of God in your life as he uses events to refine your character and make you more like his son, Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 44. As he continues his message, God is in control of our lives. Hopefully you can see something common. Just say these words with me, because you just saw it. God, come on, everybody. God, 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 God. Pastor Mark, you having a little trouble? No, how many times did we just see God in the passage? How many, see, how many times did we just see God? Four times. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. I assume God is in control. Come on. Come on. Now, I want you to get a little more faith. Okay? I want you to say this. God is in control. Come on. Turn to your neighbor. God is in control. Do you see the picture? Was it the guys that planned this? Was it Joseph that planned this? No, it was God. He, he sent Joseph ahead to get things ready because there had to be a an interpretation of the dream, because God knew a famine was coming. Actually, he allowed the famine to come. Joseph explained that God had sovereignly, from his own will, brought him to Egypt to prepare for their deliverance from the famine. You see, Joseph knew this as he got there. Even with the ups and downs, he knew God was working in the back of his life. And he began to see the picture. It's not just to save the lives physically of the people in Egypt and the people in uh, Israel and the other lands, but it was spiritual. God always uses people 
to reach other people. See, God could have sent an angel to do the whole thing. But he always uses us, people, to reach other people. I want you to write three things down this morning. First thing I want you to write is this. God has sent us here to share the good news and to save lives. Remember what he said? God sent me here to Egypt to save lives. If you're a Christian this morning, God has sent you here to share the good news and save lives. Now, I'm going to read you something that will be a shocker. And we've never really done it like this before. A study performed by LifeWay Research, it's a Christian organization, shows that across the country, Americans are much more likely to attend church at Christmas time. When asked the question, if someone you know invited you to attend church with them at Christmas, how likely would you be to respond and attend? 57% of the people said they would likely come to church. Now, why would we invite people at a time when they're thinking that they would go to church? Why would we do that? Why was Joseph sent to Egypt to save what? Why would we invite unbelievers to church if more than 50% of them would come? Why would we do that? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not an evangelist. Either am I. But I'm a Christ follower. So who has responsibility to do that? Every single one of us. Do you feel you have that? Think of that. By the way, is our world struggling to find hope? Horrible. The things that are happening are beyond our imagination. The only answer is Jesus. Number one, God sent us here. Well, where is here to share the good news? Look at number two. Here includes where we live, where we worship, where we study, if you're in school, where we work, and where we play. See, God puts you where you live. Do you know that when you moved into that house or that apartment, and you were praying for God's direction, and he put you there, do you believe that was just for you? No, it wasn't for you. It was for you to find openings in there. Same with school. Same thing with work. When God brought you here to a place of work, and you say, yeah, and I wish I'd get out of here. These people driving me crazy. He has a sense of humor. He brought you there to be honest and open. And when people see you going through the ups and downs, they say to you, how in the world did you get through to that? You say, well, I have somebody that helps me. His name is Jesus Christ. See, you have to understand, when God brings us here, wherever you are this morning, if you're a Christian, he's got you exactly where he wants you. And it's not just for you. I remember when we moved into our neighborhood in West Melbourne, the Falls of Sheridan. We moved in. There was not a lot of houses being built, whatever. We just felt that was the place. We'd been driving from Merritt Island down here forever, and we just moved. And now there's like 20 homes in that subdivision that people come to church. Now, it wasn't all for us invited. Lots of people invited. And then pretty soon it spread. See, I realize that where God put us, that's where he wants us. You may not like this statement, but God put me here. 
I didn't put me here. I didn't put me here. God put you here to hear me challenge you and get mad at me. No, I'm just kidding. Here's the third thing. Here includes the ups and downs of life. Well, Pastor Mark, if you put me at that job, why do I have this lousy boss? Hello. It's called the real world. And God put you there, whether it's going to be difficult spiritually, physically, financially, or relational. He put you there so that you could grow as a person that looks like Jesus Christ. And here's the last thing I want to give you quickly. Answer this question, number four. Do you sense that God is directing your life where he has you now? If you don't, get right with God. Because he's put you here. Can you imagine Joseph thinking, really, God? Really? A slave? A woman claims that I raped her? I never even touched her. Really, God? Yes, really. God has placed you. Sense it. Believe it. And it's not for us. It's to save other people. Verse 10. Now watch what happens. And Joseph says this. They're thinking, okay, this is going to be bad. Are we going to die? Is Judah going to take your place? Look at, you shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You and your children and grandchildren, your flocks and your herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, remember, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can I, that my brother Benjamin, that this, it is really I who am speaking to you. Now go and tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you've seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. One of the most emotional signs that we see in the Bible. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping. Look at verse 15. Picture yourself there. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. And now when Joseph forgave his brothers, way before anything, and probably, I'll take a stab at it, maybe he was angry at God. He forgave God. God, I know you have me here. Sorry, I, I, I blamed you. It's not you. I know you have a plan for me. I don't really know what it is, but I, I don't blame you. After he forgave his brothers, what do we see? His whole goal of then testing his brothers is one thing. This is what we're all after. God's will is forgiveness and restoration. He now is hugging brothers who earlier, 22 years earlier, said, kill them. Get rid of them. Sell them as a slave. He's kissing his brothers. Because what did he do? Come near. Come near. He was the role model. And what's happening in that family? Forgiveness and restoration. I want to see my dad. He starts with Benjamin as well. Now, verse 16, when the news reached Pharaoh's palace, that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and his officials were pleased. Now, remember who Pharaoh is. 
He's a worshiper of pagans. The moon, the sun, the water. He has no idea who this God is. But he's pleased. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, now why would he be pleased? He watched the attitude of Joseph. Joseph was not a bitter, angry man. He watched. He probably never had seen that kind of a person before. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Now, notice this first word. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. Does he say to Joseph, put as little, just as little of the wheat in there as you can? No. What's the word? Load. What does the word load mean? Generous. Generous. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. And bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the worst part of the land in Egypt I can find. Is that what he says? No, he says the what? Say it with me. The best. Load and the best. You are directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt. He didn't say go buy some. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of Egypt will be yours. You know what he says to them? He basically says to them this. When you get home, call the Salvation Army. Take everything in the tent, put it on the street. If the Salvation Army doesn't want it, the garbage guys will get it. Because you're just going to come with wagons with people. You don't need to bring anything else because what you're going to get in Egypt, you've never seen before. Now, how did that happen? How did an unbeliever say, leave your crud there. The best is yet to come. How did that happen? Here's the principle. Do you remember these? When Joseph learned to forgive without his brothers asking forgiveness, He then forgot the hurts. Oh, he knew what they did, but it didn't affect him anymore. The next means all those years he lived in freedom, regardless of what was happening to him, because he knew God was at work. And when we finish that sentence, what's the next thing? Fruitful. What is his family going to experience? The best of Egypt, land, food, clothes, furnishings, you name it, the best. Now, how did that happen? Right there. God was a generous God, and he honored. How can you and I be fruitful? Forgive, forget, walk in freedom, and be fruitful. Now, was the fruitful just for Joseph? Not at all. It was for his whole family. That's our God. Give, and it will be what? Give it back to you. Pastor Mark, I didn't see anything about give up there. No, no. Give your forgiveness to God and man. You have to give it. You have to give it. You, you, he, he won't require it of you. And so we see God's favor upon Joseph. What a beautiful, the generosity that to the whole family. What an amazing picture. That's what happens when we forgive and forget. So the sons, verse 21 of Israel, did this. And Joseph gave them carts, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them the provisions for their journey. To each of them, he gave new clothing. But to Benjamin, (laughs) I love God's sense of humor. To Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. 
Now, there's another little tweaky test right there. I get one pair of old jeans, they're ripped. And you get five new pairs of lucky jeans, $500 a pair. What's the deal here, Benjamin? No, there's none of that. And this is what he said to his father, sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt. Ten female donkeys so they could have more donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away. As they were leaving, he said to them, <laughs> this is classic, don't quarrel on the way. <laughs> now, why would he say to them that? Because they're going to think like, okay, we're free now, but you're the one that's most good. You cause it. No, I didn't cause it. You cause it. I didn't cause it. Joseph said, look, get over it, would you? This is a blessing. You're free. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Who's the most guilty? Who cares? You're all forgiven. Now, does that have any application to us? Yes, it does. Take a look at these two things. Here's what Joseph said. Don't do this as you're going home. Wish we would have. I wish I could have. I wish I should have, but we didn't. You can't live in the past. Anybody here ever say these words? I've said these words lots of times. What an idiot I was. If I'd only done it this way, what is wrong with me? But my friends, freedom and purpose doesn't come from the past. It comes from this. Leave the past in the past and let's go forward. He says, you're going to be about three and a half days to get home. You actually going to bring all that crud up again and try to figure out who's the most to blame? It's all been forgiven by God. Let's go forward. If you have stuff in the past, get your forgiveness out there. Take care of it and leave the past in the past. Let's go forward in freedom and fruitfulness for Jesus Christ. You say, well, that doesn't apply to me. It applies to every single person I'm talking to. Because Satan likes to bind us. And chain us with unforgiveness. Now, so look at verse 25. So they went up. Look at Vier and Sebastian. They went up to Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Now, I want you to picture this, verse 26. And they told him. They got in front of their father, finally. Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's the ruler of Egypt. Now, this is where you call 911. (laughs) This guy's old. He's on the floor, passed out, cold. What? Think about that. 22 years, and all of that's there. Well, notice it says, Jacob was stunned. Of course he couldn't believe them. Why? Because he lived a lie because of the brothers for 22 years. Think of that. Not not a lie of something immaterial, but your son is dead. But for 22 years, his, the men he lived with, the brothers that he bore, lied to him for 22 years. He's just thinking, that's, that's, that's just too good to be true. Now, I thought of two re- things that Jacob could have said. The first response Jacob could have said is this. He's got the 10 brothers right there. Brothers, I hate every single one of you. My own sons, you lied to me, deceived to me for 22 years. Get out of the house. Pastor Mark, nobody would say that. (laughs) 22 minutes, maybe. Can you see? That would be in our hearts. Deceived for 22 years. But I have a second response. I think this is what Jacob did. 
Guys, sons, I must forgive you because I'm Jacob. And I was, for most of my life, where Jacob meant basically deceiver. For most of my life, I deceived others just like you deceived me. But then I had an interaction with God. You remember when he wrestled with God? And God forgave me by his grace. And he just didn't forgive me. He gave me a new name. He took Jacob away and gave me the name Israel, which simply means ruled by God. I forgive you. God forgave me. You don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But I forgive you because I'm now ruled by God. That's what I believe he probably said to them. He admitted his own past that had caused him to be known as a deceiver, but now he was serving God. Now, verse 27, but when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, try to make it more believer, and when he, they saw the carts, Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. When he saw the blessings, he went, Wow. Look at verse 28. And notice it doesn't say, and Jacob. It says what? And Israel said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Now, the guys in this story don't know this verse. This comes from the New Testament. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And purify us from all unrighteousness. Notice the word if. Notice that's a conditional promise from God. He will always forgive us if we admit and confess our sins. We know the brothers had already confessed their sins to God and to Joseph. But there was one more to do. And it was their father. They finished it. They had to confess their sin to their father. All three of those confessions came because they chose to ask to be forgiven. If, if. You see, when we admit we need to be forgiven, look what happens. This is the result for all of us. Confession restores our fellowship with God and man. See, I can't hold something in my heart against a person and expect to be in relationship with God. The vertical and the horizontal both require forgiveness from my heart. Second, confession brings peace and the freedom to enjoy life and go forward. Notice what you just saw in that story. Jacob says, okay, I forgive you. Let's go to Egypt. We're not living in the past. Confession brings peace and the freedom to enjoy life and go forward. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about Joseph's reunion with his family. You were able to observe Joseph's love and forgiveness toward his brothers. You saw how God was able to use Joseph to save Egypt as well as his family because of his relationship with God and attitude towards those who misused him. This is a lesson for you on how to handle being wronged. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This completes Pastor Mark's teaching, God is in control of our lives. Next time, he'll begin the message, God moves Jacob's family to Egypt. You'll hear about their journey from Canaan and their introduction to Pharaoh as they get settled in. You'll learn about the promises made to the patriarchs and see those promises beginning to come to pass. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving